Welcome to the podcast of Peace NBC. Our mission is to reach everyone who is someone in the eyes of the Lord. Listen to this mighty word of God that will bless you. We hope you are touched and blessed by this podcast. To connect with this ministry or for more about Peace NBC, visit our website or email us at pmbc at peacembchurch.org. Come grow with Come peace. Grow with Come peace. Grow with us the ability to live without problem. But God, yet in all of the beauty that you've created, we still have problems. So God, we come to you now asking that you would meet us in this moment. Father, we're asking that you would speak to us Speak to the various areas of our lives that we don't even know we need you to talk. God, we know what our problems are. We can name them one by one. But Father, we stand in need of solutions. We stand in need of answers. So Father, I pray that you preach. Preach to us. Preach us out of our heaviness. Preach us out of our misery. Preach us into answers. Preach until Father repentance comes in the room. Preach until healing takes place. Preach until deliverance is not only in the body but in the mind. Father, preach to us. For your preaching is the public proclamation of your word. Now, Father, as you use this vessel, I pray that I decrease so that you may increase. And all who love the Lord in Jesus' name say, Amen. I want to thank everybody for being here this morning. You all look wonderful. I want to thank um, our officers, our deacons, our mothers. Uh, I can go down the list, our ushers. I want to thank Brother Jermaine for being here again. Let's give him a hand. Him and his fiance were here in Sunday school. And uh, I'm happy to see that you know, he doesn't just show up because we're asking him to play. But I believe he wants to hear what God has to say. And so we thank God for him. I'm, and I am happy to see all of the saints. So many faces I didn't see last week. But it's good to see y'all. Somebody don't have that story. They can't be looked at and said, I can be seen. And so we thank God. We've all heard the phrase, A little birdie told me. Y'all ever heard that? A little birdie told me. And believe it or not, this phrase comes from today's highlighted author, Solomon. In Ecclesiastes 10 and 20, Solomon writes, and this is what he says, Curse not the king, no not in thy thought and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber for a bird of the air shall carry the voice and that which hath wings shall tell the matter so i want to dig a little bit deeper into what solomon wrote there 
Our journey through the Word of God this month has led us through a neighborhood called Whisperville. The last stop we made took us to a house where we met a man named Judas. We sat down last week and had a conversation with him, and we learned a lesson from him about betrayal. This week, we make yet another stop. Today, we'll learn about the dangers of tailbearing and misjudging character. Here's what I've learned. What may seem simple is often hard to master. Our parents repeat the same thing over and over and over to us because it just seems like we ain't getting it. So I want to invite you to come and go with me as we journey through the word of the Lord and learn more about whispers in the pew. Our text this morning is coming from the book of Proverbs. Our text is coming from the book of Proverbs, chapter 11 and verse 13. As is our custom, I'm going to ask that we stand for the reading of God's word. I mean, Proverbs, chapter 11 and verse 13. If you have it, say, I got it. If you need time, say, hold on, don't leave it is the book of Proverbs, chapter 11, and verse 13. I'm going to ask that we all read together, and it reads, A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit, the matter. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Now, y'all know I like to, for us to talk to each other, so just do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and say, neighbor, our subject is a tale you can bear. A tale you can bear. Solomon, the son of David and Bathsheba is renowned for his wisdom and his insight. His name, meaning peaceable, was apt given his 50-year peaceful reign. When you compare the reign of King Solomon to his father, it was rather different. David was known as what we would call a warrior king. He fought war after war after war. It seemed like every time David turned around, he was in a war. Yet God used the prophet during David's life to tell him, your son is not going to have to fight the same battles you have to fight. For I am going to allow him to have peace. So David entreated his son to live a certain way. So it is, Solomon reigned in peace. Didn't have the same problems of his father. But despite all that David, or Solomon rather, had accomplished, despite the fact that he was not first in line to be the king, in those days it was normally the oldest child who was supposed to be next. Solomon had something called favor. His father favored him. 
favored him because he favored his mother. He favored him because the prophet felt good about Solomon. And I think that's a point for us. How many of you know that sometimes it's good to have favor? Uh, favor will open doors. Favor will create opportunities. Favor will make ways even when they told you no. Solomon had favor. Solomon's intellectual aptitude was not limited to his astute rule, but it was extended because of his proficiency in biology and zoology. It is said that Solomon authored approximately 3,000 proverbs, 1,005 psalms, and several books of the Bible. And all of what Solomon wrote showcased his immense knowledge and literary talent. But when you read the writings of Solomon, you'll understand that Solomon, in his wisdom, in all of the greatness that he had, he wrote with the air of cynicism. He wrote with a lack of joy. Cynicism is when someone believes that people are only motivated by their own self-interest. I've learned that Solomon wasn't too far off. I believe that Solomon had seen a couple folk who had moved to benefit themselves. Solomon often wrote highlighting the issues that men faced within themselves. When you read the writings of Solomon, it seems like he's talking about you. It seems like he's talking about something you would have done or somebody you know or something you'd been through. However, despite all of his many feats, Solomon's many marriages to women of foreign nations proved to be his undoing. Historians record that he had 700 wives, 300 concubines. But ultimately, all of this was done because Solomon had to keep some political alliances. What wind out happening is he started to follow the gods of the women that he married. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, you would have read somewhere that the Bible says that Solomon was considered the wisest man who ever lived. But yet when it came to women, Solomon could be quite gullible. It shows us that even the wisest of individuals can make bad decisions. So I've learned no matter how wise you are, no matter how smart you are, you too, yes, you can make a bad decision. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon famously says, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. He goes on in Ecclesiastes and he says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Solomon writes this as the last verse of Ecclesiastes. 
And he says, despite all of the wisdom you've heard me write, despite all of the lessons that I've wanted you to remember, do not forget to fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Solomon's writings remind us to focus on what truly matters. A relationship with God and the commitment to following his commandments. Now, one of the most renowned literary works attributed to King Solomon is subject of our present inspection. The book of Proverbs is basically a collection of sayings that offer insight warning and motivation about certain behaviors. For example, if you were to read Proverbs 10 and 4, it talks about how laziness leads to poverty while hard work leads to wealth. It is a good reminder that hard work helps avoid financial hardship. Say that again. Hard work helps avoid financial hardship. Let me just put that in Ebonics. When you work for it, you care about keeping it. You don't want to spoil it. You don't want to lose it because you know what it took to get it. But here's the thing. Proverbs are only true. If you apply them at the right time in the right situation. I'll say that again. Proverbs, wise saying, wisdom that you receive is only true if you apply it at the right time in the right situation. In his book, Solomon emphasizes the importance of being taught to fear God and acquire wisdom before attempting to apply what you learn. After all, what good is wisdom if you don't know how to use it? The overarching goal of Proverbs is to change how we make decisions. All of these wise sayings is to help us do better today than we did yesterday. When we look at the verse in question, it begins by revealing something that all of us should know. A tale bearer revealeth secrets. Everybody in here ought to know that people who like to gossip can't hold water. If you were to read this in Arabic, it adds the words in the congregation. It bothers me because what it tells me is that in the church, there are some tale bearers who cannot keep a secret. This phrase from Proverbs 11 and 13 means that someone who gossips or spreads 
rumors is likely to reveal secrets that were meant to be kept confidential. Proverbs 16 and 28 says a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. I don't know if anybody can testify that there's been some rumors from some friends of ours that have destroyed some relationships. Why? Because they just couldn't keep it to themselves. This verse shows us that gossip not only reveals confidential information, but it also causes conflict and can damage relationships. In the book of James chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, those who consider themselves religious, y'all know church folk, and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves. I know we look good. I know we like to come to church early. I know we like to say we've been in church all our lives. But the Bible says that if you consider yourself religious, but yet you can't keep your mouth closed. You are deceiving yourself. So the Bible goes on to say, and their religion is worthless. Meaning all of the so-called holiness you profess to have, if you can't keep your mouth closed, it ain't worth nothing of value. So, as we look at what we've learned about a talebearer, a question arises from the text. What is a tale? What is a tale? What, 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 what is this thing that a talebearer uses to tell? In this context, a tale refers to the sharing of secret information often with the intention to deceive or manipulate others, family members, neighbors, office workers, and even church members love to spread news of negative events in the lives of others. They say, did you know they divorced? Have you heard the latest about him? Can you believe she did that? And off go wicked lips and ears to discuss the private details of others that should be concealed. It is unfortunate, it is unfortunate that in today's world, Rumors and false narratives have become prevalent and difficult to distinguish from credible information. In a time where artificial intelligence has become more popular, we see people using it to create photoshopped images and fake headlines. Ezekiel 22 and 9 says, In thee are men that carry tales to shed blood. And in thee 
They eat upon the mountains in the midst of thee. They commit lewdness. This passage from the Bible in Ezekiel 22 and 9 warns against those who spread false information with the intent to cause harm or incite violence. False narratives can have serious consequences, especially when it comes to sharing the secrets of others with the purpose of harming them. The act of tailbearing can lead to damaging reputations, destroying relationships, and inciting violence. What is tailbearing, you ask? Tattling is tailbearing. Whispering in secret is tailbearing. Backbiting is tailbearing. Gossiping is tailbearing. Spreading news that don't belong to you is tailbearing. Y'all remember Bill Cosby? People have used noble causes like the Me Too movement as a vehicle to undermine a criminal justice system that says innocent before proven guilty. Why? Because their purpose is not to get the truth. Their purpose is to intentionally destroy someone's reputation. Hellberry. So, as we come to understand that the first clause of our text is what a wicked man would do. A tailbearer revealeth secrets. We must now look at the second clause of our text as what a righteous man would do. Look at the text, if you will. It says, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Uh, this, this, this means that a person who is trustworthy knows how to keep a secret. Brothers and sisters, you've got to know, you've got to know the character of who you're confiding in before you do it. You've got to know their character. You can't know what you think about them. But you've got to know who they are. How do you know, you might ask? I'll tell you in a minute. The man who has a faithful spirit is a trustworthy person who knows how to hold back information from the ears of others. Just tap your neighbor and say, neighbor, can you hold it? Can you hold it? Can you hold it? First Corinthians four and verse two says, moreover, it is required of stewards, meaning if you are going to be a steward, then you're going to have to have this quality above anything else. It says, moreover, it is required uh, in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
uh, whenever somebody trusts you with a thing, they are expecting that you are trustworthy. They are expecting that you are consistent. Uh, you've got to watch. You've got to watch a person. You got to watch a person closely before you consider sharing private matters with them. I'm going to say it again. You've got to watch. You've got to keep your eyes on them. You've got to spend time with them. How do you watch? You might ask. You've got to look at how they handle other people's information. Now, what happened the last time somebody told them a secret? Uh, have you seen them telling other people's information? Uh, I've learned that if they have a pattern of spilling tea, uh, watch out, watch out, because they'll soon be spilling your tea. How uh, when someone trusts you with their secrets, how uh, you've got to value the trust they put in you. They didn't come to you for you to run your mouth. They didn't come to you for you to put them on the stop sign. They didn't come to you for them to find their business on Facebook. They came to you uh, because they trust you, because they believe that you would keep it to yourself. So you've got to value them enough to protect them. Uh, brothers and sisters, you are only considered a faithful steward. Uh, when valuable information is safe in your guardianship, you ought to tap somebody and say, can I trust you? Can I trust you to hold this for me? Uh, because if I'm going to trust you, you got to understand that this information I'm getting ready to tell you, uh, it's damaging to me. If you tell it, uh, it could ruin my reputation. If you tell it, it could tear me down. If you run your mouth, it might destroy my life. Can and you keep a secret. Ha, ah, I got to get out of here. Jesus, Jesus healed the leper. He told him, go and tell no one. Jesus healed the leper and told him, go and tell no one. I'm going to say it till y'all get it. Jesus healed the leper and told him, go and tell no one. But what are we getting? You got to know what a leper is. A leper is an individual that has been downtrodden. A leper is an individual that was outcast. A leper is an individual that everybody walked away from. Uh, but the Bible says that after he got a miracle, Jesus told him, go and tell no one. In other words, Jesus changed his whole life. He changed his situation. But he told him, go and tell no one. Now, don't tell anybody about the fact that I removed the shame off your life. Don't tell anybody that I've changed the way people look at you. Don't tell anybody that you can come on back in. But the Bible says that as soon as Jesus healed the leper, how the leper start telling everybody he could tell. How you got to 
understand, you've got to understand how uh, that a touch from the master. Uh, anybody been touched by a one touch? from the master how ought not it's not something you ought to keep to yourself anybody been touched anybody ever met jesus anybody ever had something happen uh, and you just can't keep it to yourself the bible says that jesus healed the leper and he told him don't tell anybody you mean to tell me you've changed my life and you don't want me to tell anybody how uh, why is that important because we want to tell stuff that we ain't supposed to tell uh, but when jesus has changed us we ought to run and tell that you ought to be eager to tell the business of Jesus before you're so eager to tell my business. You ought to be eager to tell me what God has done before you are so eager to tell me what she did and what she said. But I, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. But I've got to tell. How that you can bear. I tell that you can bear. Just touch somebody and say, I've got a tale that you can bear. I've got a tale that you can carry. I've got something that you can tell somebody what you're going to tell them. Stop your itching ears stop uh, wanting to hear the gossip stop wanting to hear the trouble stop wanting to hear the tragedies I've got something you can tell but it ain't nothing juicy for you it ain't nothing good for you but I've got to tell that you can tell tell and do the work of an evangelist what do you mean do the work of an evangelist since you want to tell something you ought to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tell of the good news. There's a king that's come from Galilee. You ought to tell about Jesus. You ought to tell of the good tidings. What are you ought to tell? You ought to tell the gospel of Jesus Christ. You ought to tell of how he turned water. Water in the wine. You ought to tell of how he fed four and five thousand. You ought to tell of how he cleansed the lepers. You ought to tell of how he healed a man who was demon possessed, blind and mute. Since you want to tell, you ought to tell of how he healed the woman with the issue of blood. Since you want to run your mouth, you ought to tell of how he brought a withering fig tree back to life. You ought to tell of how he brought Lazarus back. He called him by his name. Since you want to post it, you ought to tell of how he healed the boy who had epilepsy. You ought to tell of how he made a withered hand. He brought it back straight. Just 
touch somebody and say, I got a tale that you can bear. Since you want to tell something, you ought to tell of how he drove demons from the man into pigs. You ought to tell of how he calmed the raging sea. You ought to tell of how he gave sight to the two blind men. You ought to tell of how he walked on water. You ought to tell of how he healed the centurion servant. You ought to tell of how he restored the soldier's ear after Peter severed it off. You ought to tell of how he walked to the beautiful gate and healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. You ought to tell of how one day he found you and you were sinking deep in sin. You ought to tell of how he turned your life around. You ought to tell of how he cleansed your mind. You ought to tell of how he healed your body. You ought to tell of how he brought you out. Since you want to tell it, I got something you can tell. These are the tales that you ought to tell. Don't tell your secrets of your neighbor. Don't tell what they've entrusted to you to you. I heard my mama saying, I'm going to take it to the grave. I got to lock it and throw away the key. The songwriter says, I won't tell your secrets. Your secrets are safe with me. But I've got a story that you can tell. Tell of how they dragged him from judgment hall to judgment hall. Tell of how they spat on him. Tell of how they whipped him. Tell of how they beat him. Tell of how they lied on him. Tell of how they crucified him. Tell of how they cast lots for his garment. Tell of how they took nails and they nailed them in his hands. Tell of how they took nails and drove them in his feet. Tell of how he carried his own cross. Tell of how they gave him vinegar. It. I got something you can tell. I've got a story you can tell. Since you want to run your mouth, you ought to tell of how he went into a tomb that wasn't even his. His family didn't buy him a tombstone, but he went into a borrowed tomb. You ought to tell it of how he died on that cross, on a hill called Calvary, on a hill called Golgotha. You ought to tell it. Tell of how he died. He stayed dead for three whole days. But three days later, he rose with all power. How do you know? I'm going to tell you. He's got power to change your life. Power to raise the dead. Power to change your sin sick mind. This is how I know. And I'm going to tell it since I got something to tell. You ought to tell of how when he got up, he walked around with his disciples. How he got up, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And now he's in a seating for you and me. I could have been dead. 
but Jesus is telling my tale. Is there anybody here that's glad that Jesus got something to say about you? You ought to stand to your feet and say, Jesus, tell my tale. Jesus, tell my story. I wasn't fit to live, and I wasn't ready to die. I could have been dead a long time ago, but every time God wanted to take me out, Jesus told my tale. He said, you got time. You got time to get right. Get right and tell tell the story. Tell the story. He died. He died. He died. He died. So I'm going to tell my story. He died. But he didn't stay there. He left me some blood. So that when I wasn't good enough, that blood covered my mind. When I wasn't good enough, that blood covered my soul. And so I'm going to tell it. Every time I get a chance, I ain't got time to tell nobody's secret because I've got a whole story that I can run and tell whoever listen. I'm just like the man. He changed my life. And even though he may have told him not to tell that tale, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Is there anybody that's going to tell it anyway? Every chance I get, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 A tale you can bear. A tale you can bear. Hallelujah. Now just do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, since you want to talk so much, I just gave you something to tell. Hallelujah. And if they, if they ain't telling you about Jesus, they're telling the wrong story. I ain't never seen people so interested in somebody else's business. But I got a whole book I can talk about my God. I ought not have time to tell your business. Because if I be honest, I still ain't got past reading Genesis. So I got a whole lot I can tell. I can tell how he called a man named Abraham and told him to sacrifice his son. And tell her how he had Eve and Adam in a garden. He didn't kill him. He gave him another chance. I'm still in the first chapter. I can spend six whole days telling how he created. We got something to tell. But it ain't about each other. Amen. The doors of the church are now open. The doors of the church are now open. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We hope you were touched and blessed by what you have heard. Remember to follow us on social media. For more info about Peace NBC, visit us at www.peacembchurch.org. 
If you would like to support this ministry and help us reach more souls, visit our website and click Give Into This Ministry. Be blessed, and we will see you next time. Peace MBC Podcast. Podcast.